Cupcakes galore. You guys just come on over. Come on over, have some cupcakes. Uh, what kind of cupcakes are they, baby? Pumpkin. 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 What kind? Harvest. Harvest pumpkin. Harvest pumpkin. All right. I'm going to need some help blowing the candles out, though. All right. The candle, which is a number one. The candle is a number one. This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com, and you're listening to episode 50 of the Catholic Foodie. Actually, let me start that over. This is Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie, and you are? (laughs) And Char Young. And you're listening to episode 50 of the Catholic Foodie, the anniversary episode. That's right, folks. This is the anniversary of the Catholic Foodie. One year. I can't believe it. The one-year anniversary. Uh, man, time flies. And you know, a year ago, uh, I, I started this this podcast, the blog and podcast. I had no idea what I was getting into. I had no idea what it would turn into. And I am just flabbergasted when I look back over the year and see all the good things that have happened, all the things that... Uh, that have come together to make the Catholic Foodie what it is today. Uh, And I want to share some of those things with you. We're going to look in the past, and we're going to look toward the future as well. Here at the Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. Well, I can't tell you how happy I am today to be celebrating the uh, the one-year anniversary of the Catholic Foodie, not alone. I'm actually here with my beautiful wife, Char. Hello. <laughs> this is a new and different thing. I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, she was on the show. She has been on the show a few times before, but it was way in the beginning, uh, back before Ustream. Ustream is one of those things that uh, she's not quite accustomed to and uh, and kind of um, I guess shy about in a way. Huh? Freaks me out. <laughs> but uh, I, I was able to rope her in to uh, to doing the show with me today on Ustream, and I mean that literally. I've actually got ropes tied around her waist and her legs. She's bolted to the chair. Basically, she has to be here to celebrate this anniversary with me. Um, and I, I am kidding, by the way. Uh, there's no real ropes here. So anyway, um, thank you so much, Char. Before we started the show, she uh, she came into the room here with our three children, and uh, they presented me with what? With an anniversary <coughs> plate of cupcakes, and we sang. All right. Are they saying I would not sing into a microphone for any amount of money? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, it was very it was very nice. Or pumpkin, pumpkin. Cupcakes? They're actually a yeah harvest pumpkin. harvest pumpkin. It was something wow. I um, entered in a little bake off, a pumpkin bake off at um, on the feast of All Saints party, and um, oh, I love them. They're so good. This is my second time making them, and it is a winning recipe. I didn't win the contest though, but <laughs> <laughs> you won our contest. That's right. Because they were it all gone. It won me over to make it again, you know. 
Which is, that's right, and that says a lot. So um, what are we going to talk about this episode? Uh, Well, I I do want to kind of go back in time a little bit over the last year and talk about some of the highlights of uh, of the Catholic foodie and then actually uh, talk about the future. There, There are a few things in the works here at the Catholic Foodie that I'd like to share with you, and uh, I'd like to do that on this anniversary episode. And in addition to that, I even have a um, a fact, I guess, a fact about Advent. Uh, if you don't know this, today, December 6th, is the Feast of St. Nicholas. And uh, we're going to talk about St. Nicholas today, and also a recipe that uh, is associated with uh, the good St. Nick. So that is also on the menu today. How's that sound? Sounds good. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm sure we need a bumper or something at this point. So let me see if I can whip one up here. Wow. Something smells good. Those uh, goodies in there. <laughs> Granny. Granny Pocket, the goody lady. My goodness. She makes some good... Goodies. She's got a thing. It's like a, uh, it's like a uh, cookies, shortbread, chocolate icing between. Very. It's good. Uh, it's very good. Saints one. The Saints one. All right. Not, what was the final score? Do you know? Woo. Saints one. Woo-hoo. Twelve and eight. Anyway, um, which means that hell is. Probably going to freeze over. Obnoxious. But, but here... Which is why we've gotten all the snow. Right. We had snow. Mm-hmm. Actually, for the second time, we had snow. Two uh, days Two ago. days ago. It was the second time in, what, two years? Or a year? Well, last December and this December. Yeah. yeah. So, second time in a year, because it was yeah. earlier this year. Right. That's unbelievable. My children have seen snow three times in Louisiana. And they're and goodness, ten and I, under. I could probably count on one hand the number of times I've seen it in my life. Here, here in Louisiana. Oh, yeah. So I think the first time they saw it was the third time we've seen it, and they've seen it three times. Wow. Yep. And uh, It just doesn't happen. <laughs> and it happened at the perfect time, didn't it? It did. We were about to say, good night, guys. It's time to go to bed. And um, we knew it was coming. And the rain, um, it had been raining for hours. And we knew to expect the rain and then some Sleet, sleet and rain, and then snow. So we were waiting for it to pass, and we thought it may be. We didn't really know exactly the time, so we were about to put them to bed. And we looked over and saw that it was starting to, um, you know, resemble snow. How it kind of floats. So we got dressed, and it was like ten thirty, getting close to eleven probably, and everyone got outside and. We played in the sleet for a while, and then <laughs> it finally turned to snow, and we had about a 45-minute snow, and then it went just as quickly, and uh, it was fun, though. It was gorgeous. It was. I mean, the way it, it, it came down uh, for for a while, I mean, it didn't last that long, um, but just to see the flurries, to see the snowflakes drift, I think, drift down, um, covering everything. I mean, it was... Uh, Quite a sight, and and we really enjoyed that, and uh, we, uh, of course, took pictures, and uh, I shot a little video, and 
Uh, of course, you know, after a while, I wanted to go in because it was cold. It's, it's pretty and all. It's nice, but it's cold. And uh, the, the kids were just absolutely soaking wet. They came in just drenched from throwing snowballs or sleep balls or something at each other. It was uh, quite a sight to behold. But they had fun. So, well, cool. Uh, I, I just uh, I have a few clips that I'd like to play for you, and this is going all the way back to the very beginning of uh, the Catholic Foodie, the first episode, which took place right after the weekend after Thanksgiving. And uh, do you remember that, Char? Do you remember all the way back I to do. the very beginning mm-hmm. uh, when I started doing all this? What What did you think? What was uh, going through your mind? I don't know. I mean, when I listen now, I thought when I listen back, it. Um, I mean, it's kind of like we thought it was, I mean, you were just kind of going with it. You really don't know what you're doing, but it sounded, you know, I don't know, it sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded good, I think, and the now, idea. now you, you, you know, I mean, just like, you sounded like I sound now. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, uh, well. And I, then the, you got, you know, just natural and enthusiastic. Yeah. So. There you go. Well, I think, yeah, I think uh, in the very beginning, I mean, you, you, you ha- I had this idea. I knew what I wanted to do. I thought it would be a really good idea. I love the topic, the content. I'm passionate about my faith and about food and cooking and all that good stuff. And um, I figured the two things would go great together, just like chocolate and peanut butter, right? And, you know, when you start something like this, yeah, I mean, it's, it's painful for me to go back and listen to the early episodes of The Catholic Foodie. Um, I mean, I, I just, I don't, I don't do that. I, I, I made an exception as we approached the one-year anniversary because I did want to pull a few clips uh, of what it sounded like sounded like in the beginning. Uh, so I had to listen to it, but uh, man, it was uh, painful. Uh, anyway, I do have a clip here that I want to play from the very first episode. And this is when I was, uh, I'd I start basically the beginning of the episode saying, what is the Catholic foodie thing all about? And way back when, I had this idea uh, of the Catholic foodie. And I don't know, I mean, it, you tell me, does it, does it still uh, pertain to what we're doing now with the Catholic foodie? Uh, let me know. And, and here it is. Anyway, um, I am, I'm not a chef. I'm not a, uh, I don't work in a restaurant. I'm not a food critic, critic excuse me. Uh, I really have no, uh, no claim to professional status in, uh, in the food business. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a teacher, actually. I'm a teacher by profession. I teach Spanish in a Catholic high school. So what in the world am I doing with a podcast called The Catholic Foodie? Well, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. The Catholic Foodie is really about food, faith, and, uh, and the goodness of God, the goodness of God's creation. And those are things that I really enjoy. I, I love uh, food, good food. I love to uh, have good food out in restaurants. I also love to cook. Uh, so food for me is a is a very important part of life. And it's not simply just to uh, stuff my face or to uh, to get full on good food, but really just to enjoy food because it is part of God's creation. And it's it's a sign, a symbol to us of the bounty of God's grace and the bounty of God's goodness. And uh, it shows us how much God loves us. So I love I love food, and I love to talk about food, and that's some of the things that we'll do here on this show. I also love my faith. I'm uh, Catholic, and I'll, uh, I'm sure I'll tell you more about this as time goes on, 
I'm an ex-seminarian. I was in a seminary for a total of four years. And I also, in addition to working in a Catholic school, I'm also in charge of the confirmation program at, uh, at my parish. It's a, a pretty big program. I run confirmation. Every year we have about... Uh, so that's what it sounded like way back in the beginning. It's, <laughs> it's kind of scary. Uh, you heard that little uh, high-pitched sound, that whir, that was going on. Uh, listening back now, goodness gracious, that stuff drives me insane. Uh, thank God I was able over over time to uh, invest in a, a few uh, helpful things to make the sound of the Catholic foodie uh, a lot better. But once again, that was like my my reason for getting this uh, underway to uh, well to kind of celebrate the some of the the, the passion uh, in my life of uh, food, family, faith, fun, uh, all that good stuff, right? So that was one of the the clips I wanted to share with you. And so much has happened. So many good things have happened. And one of the things that that Char has commented on time and again is the fact that, you know, there really hasn't been any lack of content. Uh, We've never had to go search for, you know, what are you going to talk about this week? What are you going to do? Because as Catholics, I mean, really, a lot of the content is presented to us by the changing of the seasons. So we had Thanksgiving, of course, last year. Uh, that was plenty uh, to talk about. There was plenty to talk about it uh, with Thanksgiving. And then we moved from Thanksgiving right into what, honey? Advent. Yeah, Advent. So, uh, and, and Advent was fantastic. I, I, I met someone uh, who you may have heard of. He, he goes by the uh, the code name, I guess you'd say it's a code name, uh, the duct tape guy, uh, Sean McGahee. And uh, over at CatholicRoundup.com, uh, last year he put on an Advent calendar. And uh, matter of fact, just to let you know, it's it's on again this year. You can go over to CatholicRoundup.com and, uh, and check that out. It's fantastic. And it's a, a wonderful way in the new media world to celebrate uh, or to, uh, to experience and to prepare ourselves for the coming of Christ- Christmas by actually going through and celebrating Advent, the process of Advent. So um, anyway, Sean had put that together, and even though I only had like a couple of episodes out, I think, at the time, uh, Sean graciously invited me to submit something for the Advent calendar. And I, I ended up submitting two different um, uh, podcasts, short podcasts. Uh, one was, I think, very short, and the other quote-unquote short one was like 16 minutes long. <laughs> Uh, if you've been listening for a while, you know I have a hard time keeping things very brief. Uh, but anyway, uh, that was a, uh, a tremendous blessing to be a part of the Advent calendar. And I'm going to play a promo for you in just a bit uh, so that you can hear what, what it's all about and, and hopefully participate this year by going to CatholicRoundup.com. Uh, after that, we had Christmas, of course, and we had a huge celebration over at my uh, brother-in-law's house, Charles' brother. And, uh, man, that was good, huh? That was good. I still remember. What was some of the stuff on the menu there? Oh, the oysters Rockefeller. (laughs) Delicious, huh? Yes. I haven't stopped thinking about that. And what else? What else do you remember? Uh, Mom's grape leaves. Mm Mm-hmm. The duck. L'orange. Duck à l'orange. Yeah. And, uh, man, it was just, it was good. Yeah, he always does everything to the top. Yeah, the the as you have said in a previous episode, he is the consummate foodie. 
Um, and it's amazing. He's a fantastic cook. Um, rumor has it that we're going to be going back to his place uh, sometime this Christmas season. Is that right? Yeah. We're going the day before Christmas. The day before Christmas, Christmas or the Eve. day before Christmas Eve? Day before Eve? Christmas Eve. Day before Christmas Eve. So do you think that we'll find anything there worthy of talking about on the Catholic Foodie? I'm sure we will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did a turkey for Thanksgiving. Uh, it was fantastic. What was he, he did something different though? It wasn't like your traditional baked turkey. What did he do? He had brined it, but he did it for three days. Wow! Yeah. And he did it with um, cane syrup and red pepper flakes and and sea salt. But I asked him like three or four times, what did you do it in? What did you do it in? And that's all I got. So, and I have no idea how much syrup was in it. <laughs> yeah, it, it tasted almost, uh, I want to say it's oriental a, It tasted Asian. Asian. It Asian, did. Yeah. It really had an Asian flavor, but it was so crispy. And um, I mean, right out of the oven, it just tasted the best. And the um, the crispy parts were just succulent. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, that was wonderful. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't wait. I think we need to table. do a chicken. We have those chickens. We could well, we maybe have... brine one in that way. But not for three days. So. No, but may- maybe till tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> I'm all for that. We can do that. Um, so yeah, we got that coming up. That's going to be in December. But I think the whole point was there's been no lack of content. Uh, we 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 entered Christmas and the Christmas season. Uh, Epiphany, and then well, Epiphany here uh, in in Southeast Louisiana. I mean, really, kind of all over Louisiana, but in many many places of the world, it's called what? It's called it's Mardi Gras. It's what's well, King King's Day, right? Oh, Epiphany, and, and yeah. the Epiphany, the King King's Day, and in many cultures, I know in uh, in France and um, here in Louisiana, and I know there are other places, and I can't uh, Spain. I know Spain for sure. Uh, they celebrate King's Day with a king cake, and they may call it a different word or a different, of course, it's in another language. I don't know if they actually, if it would translate into king cake. I think in French it does, uh, but a, a king cake. And, of course, anybody in the States or the world who is familiar with Mardi Gras down here in South Louisiana uh, has probably heard of king cakes. And so uh, Epiphany, for us down here, big Mardi Gras time, Right. Uh, uh, January 6th, Epiphany starts for us or kicks off for us Mardi Gras season. So we go from Advent to Christmas to Mardi Gras, and Mardi Gras season lasts for a while. Yeah, I never you know? actually, I just um, started to understand that more once I moved to New Orleans or as an adult, because before, you know, Mardi Gras wasn't really a season, and I didn't get the whole liturgical connection really at all. Um, but now, you know, one being in New, you know, in the New Orleans area, you know, they start the king cakes. Let's just say this: they start king cakes in traditional Mardi Gras colors. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, right now we've got like saints cakes because the saints doing so well. You've got yeah. Christmas color king cakes. You know, but that's kind of a new thing. But anyway, the the season of. Um, you know, Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Start. You yeah. know, with the king. Starting with the king's King's Day. King's I mean, Day. that and up until 
Fat Tuesday mm-hmm. up until Lent. I mean, that's I never got that living in Baton Rouge. Did you? No, not not growing up. Uh, do they call it Fat Tuesday because you've eaten so much king cake since King's Day that you're <laughs> you're pretty you're pretty fat? Over, over, yeah, maybe so. I don't know. Uh, actually, they call it Fat Tuesday because uh, that's the last day before a uh, a season of fasting, and so they, you know, you party it up on Fat Tuesday. Uh, anyway, that's uh, you know, it's it's funny. We do have king cakes. You can probably get them year round now. I think. Well, I know you can get them year round now uh, because of uh, this little thing called commercialization. Uh, it's the same thing that Sean McGahey has talked about in regards to Advent, how uh, the, the day the Halloween decorations and candy is out of the stores, uh, Chris, Christmas decorations are in, and they start to pipe in the, the Christmas carols and all of that, and we totally, as a society, we totally lose sight of Advent, right? Preparing our hearts our minds, our souls, to receive the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings at uh, Christmas time. Right. So that's uh, that's something else. And uh, you know, before we get too far into this episode, honey, I really, I, I know I mentioned this a uh, uh, last episode, but a, a very good friend of mine, Mike Lindner, up way up north. I mean, goodness gracious, he's a northerner. Uh, northerners and southerners can actually be friends. It's pretty cool. But Mike is fantastic. He has been such a uh, uh, an encouragement, an encourager to me uh, as the Catholic foodie, but also uh, an inspiration in some of the things that uh, that he's involved with and what he does. Uh, fantastic man. Um, we've never met in person, uh, but we have Skyped a number of times. Uh, and, uh, of course, we've uh, chatted and uh, online and, and uh, emailed back and forth countless times. Uh, he's, he's, I'm just so glad that uh, I got to meet Mike, and the only reason I got to meet him was because of the Catholic foodie. He he started listening right away when we we first started to uh, I first started to put this podcast together, and he wrote in. Uh, he gave me my first voice feedback uh, about beer. Believe it or not, which I'm if you're on Ustream, you can see I'm holding my anniversary ale in my hand. Uh, he he's just uh, he, Mike. If you're out there, I love you. <laughs> I know at some point you'll listen to this, uh, but I want to thank you. I thank God that that you have been part of the Catholic Foodie this past year, and um, uh, that that because of the Catholic Foodie, we've actually met and become friends. It's been a true a, a true blessing, and uh, I look forward to celebrating more anniversaries and actually getting you on the show. I got to do that somehow. Uh, you know, Mike is a home brewer. He loves to uh, brew beer, at good beer, by the way, good beer. And uh, I, I received a surprise, a tremendous surprise, uh, a couple of weeks ago now. Uh, I came home, and I had this huge box that UPS delivered waiting for me at the front door. I came home from work, and there it was. I'm like, what, a, what in the world is this? You know. So uh, I opened it up, and I tell you, I have not laughed, like one of the belly laughs, like the, like the kind of laugh that just shakes your entire being kind of a laugh just so full of of joy and surprise and happiness when i opened that box up i discovered that mike had brewed and made labels for the anniversary it's called the catholic foodie anniversary ale and he shipped a six pack of this to me i, I was blown away so uh right here on the show before we get too far into this i do want to um 
to open uh, to open up a bottle for Charlene and to open up a bottle for me. This is a uh, a brown ale, a brown ale. If you've ever had uh, Newcastle, Newcastle is a brown ale, and and that's what the anniversary ale, the Catholic Foodie anniversary ale is as well. Let me see if you can hear this beautiful sound. Isn't that awesome? It's a great sound. Here we go. Thank you. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> Check it out. If you're on Ustream, you can see this. That's beautiful. That's for Charlene. I have to start with a fresh glass. Do you want the rest of this? Mm-hmm. Okay. She wants the rest of her bottle. I have to open up <laughs> another one. Here we go. There we go. Trying to minimize the head on these beers, uh, it's 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 really a fantastic brew, and he he did a great job. Um, and the head on this thing, if you pour it out like regular, the head is incredible. Um, so I'm trying to minimize that because my glass isn't big enough to uh, to take that in. Okay. Well, honey, here's to the Catholic foodie. Congratulations. Cheers. Oh, that's good. I probably have foam all over my beard and my, <laughs> my mustache. All right. Well, uh, speaking of uh, the, the, well, <laughs> the seasons, we were talking about the seasons. Um, you know, I was so happy the first time I got Char on the show, and she was on there for a few episodes, a number of episodes. We talked about the Lebanese convention. We talked about recipe, Lebanese recipes. Uh, we talked about what else? Some of the early things. Fast food. We talked about fast food on one episode. What else did we talk about? I can't remember. I don't remember either. But it was it was a few episodes. So um, anyway, but Char was not the only family member who uh, was on the show. Uh, our children also had a chance to come on, and uh, I have a clip here. Since we were just speaking about <laughs> Christmas, I have a clip here from. Christopher at, uh, at right after last year's Christmas. And let me see if I could find this here. This is the move to Ustream. She's not... So, uh, Char, would you like to say hello to everybody? This is the first time you were on. Yep. Let me play that again. Let me play. This is the first time she was on. Listen to this. So, uh, Char, would you like to say hello to everybody? Hello. Oh, I, I pressed the wrong button. So, uh, Char, would you like to say hello to everybody? Hello. <laughs> um, no, that, this reminds me of our video, the video we took when we were on our honeymoon, because we'd go out, we were, we honeymooned for two weeks in Venezuela, and we'd, uh, <laughs> we'd go out to eat, and we'd come home, and we'd video each other talking about the, the, the meals we ate. And so when we came home and we were <laughs> watching it, it was... Um, we realized it was all about food. It was all food commentary. So, and that's been ten years. But um, <laughs> so this is kind of uh, a reminiscent, reminiscent of, of that. But um, <laughs> well, anyway, it was so funny. Uh, anyway, that was uh, that was 
the clip that I came up with the other day on uh, uh, Char's first appearance on The Catholic Foodie. Let me see if I can find it. Christmas Eve last year. Here we go. All right. This is uh, going to be a clip of Christopher Wayne, my son Christopher Wayne, and what he had to say about last year's Christmas. Uh, Christopher, I was just talking to your mama about Christmas Eve and how good all that food was. So I wanted to ask you, what did you think about the food? What was your favorite thing? My favorite, th- my favorite thing in all the foods would be the duck. It was, it was very good. It was very sweet, mm-hmm. and it was, it was finger food. It, you can eat it with your fingers or with a fork and knife. It, it was just great to eat duck again. Right, so, and we ate it two days in a row because the next day we had turducken. That's right, we did. We had duck the next day as well. Now, you said that the duck was sweet. Do you know kind of like what what it tasted like? What was the what was it that made it sweet? Do you remember? It, it tasted like a mixture of sugar and um, orange juice. Orange. That's right. That was right. It was duck a l'orange. Right. It was. Uh, uh, duck with an orange sauce, and that was the sauce that Uncle Norman was making uh, when we first got there at the house, huh? Did you have besides the duck? Was there anything else you thought was like really, really good? Yes, the oysters. Oyster Rockefeller. Oyster Rockefeller. That's right. You love oysters. Oh huh? yeah. Yeah. I no. remember the first time you ate a raw oyster. I took a picture of you. It was. I, I still have that picture somewhere. Yeah, I had a picture. You had a picture of me having. A raw oyster in the in the shell with ketchup on it. I was eating it. That was pretty good, huh? Yeah, and um, this time it was an adult only dish because a whole bunch of the adults there had too much experience with kids not liking oysters. Right. But they didn't know about me. They right. did know about you. Huh? <laughs> That's right. They didn't. That's funny. They just they didn't know about Christopher. Anyway, I had a few uh, a few a few clips from the past about uh, with with Christopher. And uh, the funny thing about uh, having Christopher on the show, it's just it's never it's never boring. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, he is incredible. He's not afraid of anything. Uh, he loves acting. Uh, goes to acting classes. He's been in a few plays. Uh, he is just a, an amazing, amazing young boy. And uh, goodness gracious, he's like ten and a half now. Yeah. If you were sitting here, he wouldn't. you couldn't get a word in edgewise, you know? Mm-mm. No, we, you wouldn't be able to. <laughs> wouldn't be able to. So uh, in addition to Christmas and all these other things that, uh, that have taken place this past, this past year, uh, let me see. We, we went to um, – we went to – the Lebanese Convention, which I already mentioned. I did an episode on Mardi Gras and king cakes and what that was all about. And you know the funny thing about this? Uh, all these different topics that I kind of research and, and put things together uh, to, to make a show, um, <laughs> a lot of it are th- things that I already know, um, and I may have to do a little research here and there. But when you're putting a show together every week, there's just not enough time when you have like a full-time job or actually a full-time job and a part-time job and a family and a wife that you have to make very, very happy all the time, right? There's just not enough time to really delve deeply into all these topics. And I have uh, many times on the show made mistakes 
I remember on the first Mardi Gras show, the King Cake show, I, I, I drew a complete blank when it came to why why are the colors of the King Cake or Mardi Gras? Why are they uh, green, gold, and purple? What, you know, what's the significance? And it was Char, a week later, almost a week later, who came back and said, well, here it is, dummy. I mean, it's right here on this website. Uh, you didn't see this? Anyway, so I, I make lots of mistakes, but um, there was a time when the family was out of town. I don't remember now why you were out of town, but I did two episodes, two episodes on pizza. pizza. And actually, it was all done in one night, and I made eight Do you think that was pizzas. in January? It may have been. A, well, you may have been on retreat. Right. With Immaculate, right? Mm-mm. No, that was not the one. Yeah, you may have been on retreat. I made, I think it was eight pizzas, and I made, you know, different toppings and all that. And I, I, by the way, pizza is my absolute favorite food. Um, if anybody ever wants to make me happy, all they got to do is is uh, is give me pizza, good pizza now, okay? Good pizza, not Domino's, Papa John's, all those kind of places. I'm talking good pizza. Uh, mom and pop shops, I love them. Little mom and pop restaurants, hole-in-the-wall places, I absolutely love Pizza is king in my book. So, well, Jesus is king in my book, but pizza is a close second. Uh, so, I did two episodes on pizza, and we did the Lebanese convention. We talked about the Maronite rite of the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church, uh, the Maronite rite. You need to go back and listen to that episode if if you have no idea what the Maronite rite is. At the Lebanese convention, we were able to uh, uh, take part to participate in a Maronite rite liturgy. A, uh, a mass, uh, but uh, celebrated according to the Maronite rite. We've talked about Lebanese cuisine, Mardi Gras parades, more king cake, and uh, also uh, Lent. We talked about Lent. And before I go any further, there is something else I want to play for you, which was, <laughs> you know, I've taken you into my kitchen a few times, uh, but one thing that... Uh, that I did, which was, I can't believe I did this now that I think back, is, uh, you know, Mardi Gras Day, we went to one of the most famous parades, uh, Mardi Gras parades ever. It's Zulu, the Zulu parade. And at Zulu, they throw coconuts from the floats. Uh, so anyway, I, I, I did an episode. We got up very early. We wanted to be there for the start of the parade. We got up at like 5 o'clock or something that morning. And uh, here I was with my portable recorder, walk into the house at five something in the morning trying to finish a king cake that I had started the night before. And uh, I'm talking to you at five something in the morning with, with no voice. And at the time, I didn't even have any coffee in me. It was insane. So you got to see uh, the Catholic foodie raw, right? <laughs> it, this was like unedited, uh, real TV. Isn't that what they call it? Reality TV except it was a reality podcast, me walking around the house talking to you about what we're going to do with this, uh, this Mardi Gras thing, the Zulu parade. And uh, this is what it sounded like way back when.
5 a.m. on Mardi Gras day. Uh, it's it's early. 5 a.m. Mardi Gras day, and it's Ginger right there. Hey, Ginger. Uh, I, I'm going to the kitchen right now to, to kind of get busy. Uh, I, I don't know if y'all remember the commercial from, I think it was like the 80s, maybe the late 80s, early 90s, where the guy gets up real early in the morning, and you see him shuffling around and putting on his coat, and the whole time he's mumbling to himself. He's saying, it's time to make the donuts. It's time to make the donuts. It's time to make the donuts. And it was a commercial for Dunkin' Donuts. Well, that's kind of how I feel right now. It's time to make the king cake. It's time to make the king cake. Uh, actually, I stayed up late again last night. I'm, I'm late. Every night. Well, that's enough of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, Catholic Foodie Reality Podcasting. Uh, way back when for Mardi Gras. That was uh, quite quite a, an experience. But that was a fantastic day. Mardi Gras, we had a lot of fun. And uh, brought you along on a parade. You got to hear all the wild and crazy people shouting, Throw me something, mister! Throw me something, mister! You know, and they, coconuts here and there, and people talking about all kind of crazy stuff. You were there. You got to be there, right there. You had a, a front row seat with the Catholic foodie. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? What else do we have this past year? We had... Uh, uh, Easter, of course, and that was Holy Third. Well, we okay. Let me back up here. We had uh, uh, Saint Joseph altars. That was a big deal. I had an interview with a couple of ladies who put on Saint Joseph altars here in, uh, in in our area, and also talked about devotion to the saints. And I got lots of really good feedback from that episode about devotion to the saints. And let's see, uh, we talked about fast food a couple of weeks later. Uh, crawfish. We had a lot. Remember that that weekend we had like six. We had like yeah. five or six mm. crawfish boils. We hit, or at least got the got to uh, benefit from. You know. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm ready. It's it's about that time. It's around the corner. Matter of fact, this past weekend with uh, Thanksgiving, we're at Char's parents' house, and Saturday we had to leave to come back home. But Char's mom and dad had what? They boiled the first sack already. Yeah. I saw already. a sign in town too, but um, I mean the the price is just outrageous. Yeah, outrageous. Yeah, that sack was like was, sack was like a hundred bucks, you know. And uh, normally, when we buy a, a sack, it's about what a dollar nineteen, dollar twenty nine a pound, something like that. Right. So we're we're buying a sack, and it's costing about sixty bucks, fifty, sixty bucks, somewhere between, somewhere up in there. Uh, but then that when you when you talk about boiling crawfish, it's not just the crawfish that's the cost. You also have to buy the seasoning and all the the good veggies you put in there, the garlic and the onions and the lemons and the all that stuff, you know. Right. Oh, and the propane to to run the tank, you know, to right, right. to run the burner to uh, boil the crawfish. So, yeah, it's an expense, but uh, I'm still looking forward to it. How about you? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Holy Thursday, Good Friday. We. Um, this was one of the uh, interviews that really stuck out of my mind, um, or sticks out of my mind. It was Dr. Brant Petrie, who is an expert in, uh, well, lots of stuff, but talking about the Old Testament and how it figures into our own 
Sacramental Theology, and we had him on the show. He talked to us about uh, Passover, Holy Meals, Covenant Meals, and the Eucharist, and it, very appropriate for Holy Thursday with the commemoration of the Lord's Supper, and uh, that was just uh, fantastic. So I'm very happy I was able to get him on the show. Uh, we talked about Easter. We talked about a beat of beer. I even had a chance at one point to interview the president of Abita Brewing Company, uh, Mr. David Blossman, and that was uh, that was a treat. Uh, talked about the Greek Fest. That was fun. Opa. Opa. We do that every year. We do the Greek Fest, and uh, which is in New Orleans. And you have to listen back to that episode if you want to know more. It's a real fun time. We had a lot of lot of lot of fun there. Uh, we did. Um, I did a review, a book review. Uh, which included a video episode on God Help Me, How to Grow in Prayer by Jim Beckman. Uh, fantastic book. I still I can't recommend it highly enough. If you want to grow in your relationship with God, uh, God Help Me, How to Grow in Prayer would be the way to go. And you can find that over at the Catholic, excuse me, <clears throat> at the Catholic Company, <laughs> at uh, catholiccompany.com. Uh, they've got lots of great resources over there, and they do have, God help me, How to Grow in Prayer. Uh, Jim Beckman, once again, is the author. Uh, I took you with me on a Theology on Tap, which is a fantastic young adult ministry uh, for uh, 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 young people in their uh, 20s and up. And uh, it typically takes place in a bar, or in our case, it was a brewery, the Abita Brewery. So you came along with me on that. That was a lot of fun. Uh, the beach. We went to the beach. Uh, Charles' parents have a condo in Perdido Key, Florida. Uh, we got to broadcast. Uh, I, did I use stream? I think I used stream from there. Uh, but we we podcasted right there from the beach. And I remember I even left feedback while we were there. I left feedback for Nick and Pat Padley over at um, In Between Sundays uh, podcast at InBetweenSundays.com. And uh, I, I did that from like literally laying out on the beach with my recorder. Talking to Nick and Pat, it was it was great. <laughs> With a beer in my hand, <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. So anyway, we did that, and then I had three, not just one, not just two, but three incredible meetings slash meals that took place this summer and then into the fall. Uh, the first one was lunch with Lisa Hendy. Oh well, yeah, it was great. It was incredible. Uh, Lisa came into town. Actually, she was visiting her parents, and I'm, I'm sure you know Lisa Hendy. Everybody knows Lisa Hendy over at CatholicMom.com and the, the Catholic Mama, uh, Catholic Mama, Catholic Moments podcast, uh, which you can find. I think it's at CatholicMoments.com. I think or Catholic Moments podcast. I can't remember right now, but you can find her at CatholicMom.com. And uh, Lisa came into town. She um, was visiting her parents in Mississippi, and on her way back out, she flew in and out of New Orleans. On her way back out, she contacted uh, me and said, you know, I'm going to be coming through New Orleans on this particular day. Do you want to get together and maybe we can go eat or something? You, you're the Catholic foodie. Pick a place that we can go eat. So uh, Char and I arranged uh, for someone to watch the kids, and we went down into the quarter and met Lisa and her mom and dad, and we got to go eat where? At Nola's. At Nola's, which is a restaurant of who? Emeril Lagasse. Emeril Lagasse. That's right. We had a great time. It was just so good to see Lisa. I, I saw her at the CNMC, 
which, by the way, I neglected to talk about. <laughs> um, I, I, I skipped. I should I should talk about that first, but I'll go back. Uh, I met her at the CNMC. Of course, I'd been listening to her uh, Catholic Moments podcast. We had been conversing back and forth via email. I left feedback numerous times for her. I just love the work that she's doing. And um, so it was just such a pleasure to see her again and to introduce her to my wife, Char. And so we got to go uh, to NOLA and have uh, lunch, and it was just a great time. It was wonderful meeting her mom and dad. It was uh, great to see her again. Uh, we had some fantastic food. What did you, what did you have, Char? Do you oh, remember? I had the salmon. You had the salmon. the salmon. I had the shrimp, had the shrimp and, and grits. And, grits. Mm-hmm. and uh, what was it that uh, Lisa's dad ordered? It was he, a redfish. A redfish. He mm-hmm. said, and it was funny to, to hear him say this, he said it was the absolute best fish he'd ever had in his life. It was all gone, so he must have liked it. <laughs> and I can't remember right now what uh, what Lisa ordered or Lisa's mom. She was it? They both had chicken. Oh, they had the chicken. That's right. They had the chicken. And, <laughs> and then the seafood. dessert. Right. That's right. Don't eat seafood. Um, but for dessert, they had uh, this incredible dessert. I couldn't believe it when uh, when they ordered it. What was that? Okay. I can't remember all who had it. It was one. a chocolate. There was the chocolate. Something. Why are you oh, I'm drawing a blank. And anyway, it was months ago. But we had um, that raspberry sorbet. Right, right. We had the ras- white chocolate bread pudding. Bread. We had the bread pudding. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that I can't great. remember what. I can't. Remember, it was a chocolate something. I couldn't believe that uh, uh, how good that was. It was fantastic. That I actually got to have a bite. It was wonderful. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, I had to I had to try it, you know. I mean, I was invited to try it. Uh, I skipped over the CNMC. Oh, I'm sorry. Charles pointed out to me that I forgot there was lunch with Lisa Hendy. Okay, that episode. The, oh, which one? With the our, the interview with Sophia. <gasps> How could I forget that? Oh my goodness, that was the the episode after the lunch with Lisa. Oh my goodness, it I forgot. Was the lunch that's with right. Lisa. That's right. I have a list here I'm working from, and I've got it in two different spots. But it's actually one of the same thing. I forgot about that being one of the same thing. Um, when <laughs> Sophia, Sophia, I, I, I met this uh, this woman, Sophia, on Twitter, and uh, she had contacted me at one point. She left feedback at the Catholic Foodie at CatholicFoodie.com. and uh, she's she is a foodie, and I guess you could say that she is probably like Norman, your brother, a consummate foodie. I mean, mm-hmm. she's just, I mean. Solid Catholic, loves her faith, and is a foodie that just can't be matched. It's unbelievable. And, uh, and always she, Catholic is her. Right. Always Catholic is her Twitter handle, always Catholic. So she she is just a, a, a firecracker, man. She's like a stick of dynamite. She's incredible. And she contacted me, and we were tweeting back and forth as – I had I had mentioned on Twitter and Facebook and all that that I was going to have lunch with Lisa Hindi and talked about where we're going because I got to pick the restaurant and Char helped me with that and we looked at the menu online and so we're talking about what we're going to eat and uh, Sophia got wind of this on Twitter and she started to tweet back and forth with me about the menu anyway she was so impressed with the menu and what we were doing and the whole Catholic foodie thing and how you know it, it brings together two the, the passions in her own life, right? Her faith and and food that she went with I, with two friends of hers. Okay, stop. 
Okay, I got to stop. I think he should stop because <laughs> I think if you haven't listened to that episode, listen to that episode. Okay. Because all that right. is really my favorite episode. Yeah, it's really, year. it's, it's and unbelievable. She is, she, I mean, I listen to it over and over again because she is so, I mean, she just grabs you and, you know, I was just so tickled by her and um, inspired by her. And mm-hmm. I mean, she was, she really loves your ministry yeah. of the Catholic booty yeah. and saw it, you know, sees it as a ministry. And, um, I mean, she is a, I, I called her Mary Poppins, you know, <laughs> because whatever she had, whatever she needed for this meal she made oh, with her friends, goodness. it just so happened to be just right there, you know, but I would say that's my all time or not all time yet, but definitely my favorite Up episode of the year. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And a matter of fact, I said earlier that I don't go back and listen to my old episodes, but that particular one I have for encouragement. When I felt like I needed encouragement, I have gone back and listened to that one several times, several times. So, Sophia, thank you very much for being who you are and for encouraging me and what I'm doing here, the Catholic Foodie. And uh, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, it was in the summer. It was uh, after we had lunch with Lisa Hendy. Uh, You need to go... I think it was called Lunch with Friends. No, but oh, yeah. Lunch you need friends. to go back and listen to that. It, it's it, it's going to knock your socks off. It's really, it knocked mine off. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, you got to go back and listen to that. Lunch with Friends. Uh, so in addition to that, uh, since I'm on the meal thing, right, in these three incredible meetings that I had, uh, Captain Jeff, our good friend Captain Jeff of the Catholic Pilot Podcast and also the Catholic Weekend Podcast, um, Captain Jeff came into town. He's a pilot. He flies for a commercial airline. And uh, he came into town. He texted me uh, one afternoon and said, look, I have a, a special uh, assignment that just came my way. I'm actually flying to New Orleans. What are you doing tonight? <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. What am I doing? Anything I'm doing, I'm dropping so I can come see you, you know? Uh, Captain Jeff is fantastic. And uh, so that's what happened. Uh, I, I was able to, to drive across the lake, go meet him, pick him up. And we went to where, Jar? What was the name of the um, restaurant? Frankie and Johnny's, Frankie and Johnny's, which I had talked about one of the first. Two of the people's names. <laughs> when I, we, I had talked about that particular restaurant in one of the first episodes that, uh, that I did. And uh, Frankie and Johnny's, hole in the wall place. It's a shotgun house that was converted into a. Uh, a restaurant, old, old New Orleans, old New Orleans neighborhood restaurant. Uh, fantastic. And I can't remember who, who ordered what. I know we ordered fried bell pepper rings. Oh, my goodness. First time I ever had those. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. It came with something like a, um, almost like a remoulade sauce. I'm not sure exactly what kind of sauce it was, but it was just fantastic. And uh, uh, I think I had a, a catfish po' boy or shrimp po' boy. And uh, Captain Jeff, I think, had whatever the special was on the menu, which could have been crawfish etouffee. I can't remember right now. But anyway, fantastic time uh, with him, uh, getting to meet with him, talk to him. It was just incredible. And then the last person who came into town, which was just about a month ago, was the one and only, the the voice of the, uh, the SQPN tag. Uh, I don't know what else to call it. You know, SQPN. Leading the way in Catholic new media, the voice of God, as someone refers to him, Dr. Paul Camerata. Dr. Paul came into town, and uh, he was here for a medical convention, and we got in touch with each other. 
and I went down to New Orleans to meet him. And we went and had an after-dinner drink. It wasn't uh, lunch. It wasn't dinner. It was an after-dinner drink, only to realize that the place we were going to did not serve food. (laughs) (laughs) It was the Collins Hotel. So we met there. We had a drink. Then we drove a few blocks down and went to Biblos, a Lebanese restaurant, and uh, uh, we got to eat over there. So it was an after-dinner dinner. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it was just so good. Once again, all these wonderful SQPN people. And do you notice a theme here? Do you notice a theme? Those three are all SQPN affiliates. And uh, and here I am meeting with them. Well, guess what? Uh, not too long after I met with Lisa and before I met with Captain Jeff, or no, I may have let, met with Lisa and Captain Jeff before this actually happened, but I was invited by SQPN to become an affiliate, and I can't tell you how much that meant to me. Uh, Here I am doing something that I'm passionate about, talking about food and faith, and SQPN, a a network, a Catholic new media network that stands out in the world, I mean internationally, just stands out, that has meant so much to me because I, I got hooked on all this stuff through the podcast of SQPN. Listening to the Daily Breakfast, listening to Mac and Catherine over at Catholic in a Small Town, Lisa Hendy, Catholic Moments Podcast, all these in the same cast with Dr. Paul Camerata, all these, all these uh, wonderful podcasts, and I can't forget Father Seraphim, right? Catholic Under the Hood, Father Seraphim, which, by the way, Father Seraphim, you need to come to New Orleans too. <laughs> <laughs> I kept, I kept saying, I said I've had lunch with Lisa Hendy, I had dinner with Captain Jeff, uh, I've had an after dinner drink with. Dr. Paul Camerata, now all I need is Breakfast with Father Rondrick. But guess what? Uh, that is the, the new title of, uh, of the Daily Breakfast. It's now called Breakfast with Father Rondrick. So, Father Rondrick, you need to come to New Orleans, too, so we can have breakfast. Anyway, um, and Father Seraphim as well, with Catholic Under the Hood. Fantastic shows, SQPN, new media, just wonderful stuff. And that has really played a big part in my life. It was the inspiration for me to start podcasting in the beginning. And uh, here I am now, an affiliate of SQPN. Wow, that was incredible. I also had the pleasure of meeting Father Roderick and Father Seraphim and many, many other uh, Catholic, Mac and Catherine, uh, uh, Catholic podcasters as part of the SQPN uh, uh, community. Uh, Also, many bloggers at the CNMC in June in San Antonio. You talk about fantastic experience. Uh, The CNMC is going to be coming up again I think it's been announced already. It's going to be in August this year in Boston, I believe, in Boston. So uh, mark that on your calendar. You need to come join the SQPN family up there in Boston for the CNMC, the Catholic New Media Celebration. Well, as I mentioned earlier, there have been just so many things that stand out in my memory uh, as, as far as things that I guess just kind of stand out with uh, with the Catholic Foodie over the last couple of, uh, or the last year. Um, so many people I was able to interview. I'm so thankful for them as well. I can't name all of them, uh, but we already talked about Sophia and then Dr. Brant Petrie, but Marcel Bienvenu, who is a, uh, an author, a cookbook author, a, a, a chef, uh, who has worked with Emeril Lagasse on several projects, who is now teaching uh, with uh, Chef uh, John Foles. And his Culinary Institute, I mean, just incredible, incredible opportunity, a wonderful time talking with her. Uh, so she was on the show. 
Uh, Nick Padley, we had Nick Padley of In Between Sundays and The Secrets of Flash Forward. And he also makes numerous appearances on the Catholic Weekend podcast. Kate Daniluk, Dominic Catalano, uh, Mark and Katie Walker of iBloom, David Blossman, Campbell Morrison of Campbell's Coffee and Tea, uh, Dr. Ann Kayla Garbo, and Dale. We've had Kyle Sanders, Father Matt Lorraine, uh, Dwayne DeRoche, Michelle Sagers, Sister Margaret Charles. That was the most recent episode, The Institute of Jesus the Priest. I got to interview Sister Margaret. I mean, just so many people I've had the opportunity to talk to over the last year. And uh, very, very happy about that. Now, reflecting on all that, I want to take a break here and uh, maybe talk about Advent for just a few minutes. True love, you heard him? You could not ask for a more noble cause than that. Sorry. True love is the greatest thing in the world. Except for nice MLT, mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich when the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes ripe. They're so perky. I love that. True love. Well, true love really is Jesus, right? Our love for Jesus. Jesus' love for us. That's one of the things I've always loved about um the scriptures and our Catholic faith, you know, it's God who loves us first. We are, Our love for God is only a response, only a response. And here we are in the Advent season preparing our hearts, minds, and souls to receive Jesus in his, his first coming, right, as a babe. We're commemorating Christmas, uh, Jesus, God becoming flesh in Jesus in the Incarnation. And we, we want to prepare our hearts for him. Uh, we also are celebrating this time of waiting and longing for Jesus to come again in glory, to, for Jesus to come again the second time. And uh, today, as part of Advent, uh, we have a saint, a special saint that we're talking about today in Advent. And uh, it's funny because he's always here in Advent. He's always here. And it's St. Nicholas. Uh, some people refer to him as Santa Claus. But good old St. Nick, today is his feast day, and we are going to talk today about an interesting food thing that is associated with St. Nicholas, and uh, it is St. Nicholas bread. Have you ever heard of that, St. Nicholas bread? Uh, I, I hadn't. Uh, really, I didn't. Well, I had heard about it, but I really didn't know anything about it, and I, I decided to look that up today because you know, uh, Saint Nick. I think we don't we don't really get to know a lot about Saint Nicholas. All, all we know really is that he's got a bowl full of. Oh, wait, a, well, how's it go? A, 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 a tummy that's round is a bowl full of jelly, and he's got you know rosy cheeks and a rosy nose, and his tummy jiggles, I guess, like a bowl full of jelly, because he goes, ho, ho, ho. And uh, that's that's about all we get to know about St. Nick. But he's actually a saint, and he is a bishop. Um, and there's actually something called St. Nicholas bread. And let me tell you a little bit about where the St. Nicholas bread comes from. Uh, St. Nicholas, at one point, had gotten very, very ill. He was very sick. And so he prayed to uh, the Blessed Virgin, and she appeared to him. She came to him in a vision and told him to procure 
a little bread and eat it. And moistened, it had to be bread, it was moistened with water, and that if he ate that, he would be cured. And, uh, of course, uh, you don't want to disobey the Blessed Mother, so St. Nicholas did that, and he was instantly cured and restored to health. And this is kind of where this whole concept of the blessed bread comes from, St. Nicholas bread. And the Augustinian fathers have a uh, a simple rite of blessing of the bread on their website. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's the AugustinianRecollects.org, AugustinianRecollects.org, with a fantastic uh, rite of blessing for the uh, the St. Nicholas bread. I, I cannot read the whole thing, but it makes a very distinct connection between this blessed bread and St. Nicholas and his intercession and Jesus present in the Eucharist, the bread of life. Uh, and this is the final prayer after the blessing. It's Almighty God. In St. Nicholas of Tolentine, you show us the ideal of the apostolic life. He brought comfort to the sorrowful, reconciliation to the estranged, relief to the poor, gifts of healing to the sick, not for his own glory, but for the glory of your Son. In hope of that vision of your splendor promised to the clean of heart, St. Nicholas spared no pains to give himself to the way of the gospel. Your glory has shone upon the church through the holiness and miracles of St. Nicholas of Tolentine. Through his intercession, keep your holy people in peace and unity. Amen. So, beautiful rite of blessing of this St. Nicholas bread. And I'm going to give you just a, a, a quick a quick recipe of sorts. I, I'm going to leave a, a link once again on the show notes. Uh, you're going to find this over at stnicholascenter.org. Uh, but basically, it's like a sourdough bread, and the prep time, uh, you really start preparing like a starter of this five to seven days before use. So it's too late for this year. Uh, today is the Feast of St. Nicholas, so uh, we should have started this uh, last week. But uh, in, the, in the evening, it says about 9 p.m. in the evening, you make a sponge of the following, and it's water and, and uh, natural unbleached stone ground white flour, sugar, or you could use white corn syrup, and then the starter, one and a half cups of the starter that uh, you would make uh, five to seven days ahead of time. And of course, you, you beat all that together thoroughly, uh, you let it stand uh, overnight, you let it stand overnight. Then in the morning, you make a dough, you add in the following ingredients, two cups of warm water, uh, a cup of dried skim milk powder, uh, half a teaspoon of ginger, six tablespoons of soft lard. Don't you love that when they put lard in recipes? That's pretty cool. Uh, three tablespoons of sugar, three teaspoons of salt, and nine cups of natural flour. And then you're basically going to follow the same uh, uh, process as you would for baking bread. Uh, you add all of this stuff together. You're going to knead the bread. And let me see what it says. You, you want a smooth, non-sticky dough. You put it in the bowl. You top it with lard. Don't you love it when they put lard in recipes? It's pretty cool. Uh, so you put it with lard and uh, you, you let it rise again. You let it rise until the pan that it's in is quite full and lifted, right? It's, it's got to be uh, kind of light, which is two about two and a quarter, two and a half hours probably. And then you need to 
preheat your oven to 350 and you bake it in there for uh, 30 minutes. If you want to do rolls or if you're doing loaves, bread loaves, you would do it for 50 or 60 minutes according to size. So uh, really, really cool. Maybe next year for St. Nicholas Day, we can do that at home. We could do that. Wouldn't that be great? Mm -hmm. And uh, then maybe, just maybe, you can do it too. Now, one thing I didn't mention about St. Nicholas Day is that St. Nick actually came and visited our house last night. Oh, yeah. And tell me about that. What happened? <laughs> well, <laughs> our daughter was on the sofa this morning. and um, now, She wasn't last night. She, she was in bed. Yeah. She's convinced St. Nicholas carried her there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they did wake up... Um, to get their gift, and they were actually disappointed. Yeah, I was kind of bummed about that. But they got a a movie, and they've gotten movies before, and uh, they just had never heard of this one, so... And what movie was it? And that was The 13th Day. The 13th Day, which if you haven't heard about it, uh, fantastic. It's all about Fatima, Our Lady of Fatima and the message. This is supposed to be the best, the most realistic, the best movie about Fatima ever made. And uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, the latest episode of Catholic Moments podcast, Lisa Hendy, uh, actually has, she runs the entire press conference of the release of this particular uh, movie on DVD. Uh, Excellent, excellent uh, show. So Catholic Moments, uh, you can find that over at catholicmom.com, or I believe it's catholicmomentspodcast.com. But please, go to Catholic Mom, I'm absolutely sure of that, and right now i uh, my memory, I guess it must be this brown ale. My memory is not, uh, I can't remember the exact one of the, the podcast. CatholicMomentsPodcast.com, I think. All right. Anyway, um, I do have the trailer here for the 13th day. But if you are a listener of SQPN, a regular listener of the shows of SQPN, I'm sure you have already heard this. So I'm actually going to bypass this and say, hey, either go to YouTube or to the13thdaymovie.com and watch the trailer yourself because it really is uh, it's, it's fantastic. We got that uh, from St. Nick last night and I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it because I want to be converted. I want to <laughs> be converted. I need to be converted. So I can't wait to watch that. Thank you so much to Sean McGahey, once again, the duct tape guy, for sending that over. Thank you so much, Sean. And uh, before, uh, we're going to start to wind things down here. It's a long show today. Of course, we are celebrating the anniversary of the Catholic Foodies, so uh, I think it's okay for the show to be a little long today. Uh, I've got a couple more things I want to play for you. Uh, the first thing here is some feedback that I got uh, about episode 50. If I can pull this up here. Hi, this is Mecklinger. I first of all wanted to say happy anniversary to the Catholic foodie. It's been one year. It seems hard to believe. Secondly, I wanted to thank you for the kind comments you made on the beer that I sent you. I uh, can post a recipe on the website if any of the homebrew listeners out there are interested in making it. 
thirdly, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving and wanted to share a couple of things that we do with leftovers. Uh, my wife has this awesome recipe for a turkey and wild dry soup, which I can also post on the website. Uh, the other thing is something a friend of mine made. He calls it uh, Thanksgiving leftover cake. Now, I've eaten this, but I don't <laughs> exactly know how to describe it. Uh, it. It appears to be a really delicious, rich chocolate cake. Uh, but my friend tells me, and he doesn't work from a recipe, so he can't tell me exactly what the ratios are, but um, the ingredients I'm told include turkey, uh, mashed potatoes, stuffing, green bean casserole, and cranberry sauce. And I presume they're pureed because it's, there's no chunks of turkey or anything in there, but it's actually a very delicious cake. Anyway, uh, I hope all is well, and God bless, and keep doing what you do. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Mike, and uh, thank you again for the beer. We are uh, absolutely enjoying it right now. Um, by the way, folks, uh, those recipes that he mentioned uh, are actually the, the recipe for the um, <laughs> the recipe for the, uh, the the first thing he talked about with the, the wild rice that is on the website now. I did post that, and also the recipe for the anniversary ale is on the website or at catholicfoodie.com. Uh, now the other dish he talked about. I don't think we'll be trying that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Man, I, that, that sounds... Uh, Awful. Sounds very unique. <laughs> very unique. Uh, well, I was listening to the, the Splendid Table. Have you ever heard the Splendid Table? You yeah. I always tell you to yeah. turn it on. Anyway, they she had this weird... This guy who did a bunch of weird stuff. Like, they did this... They do really weird... Thanksgiving things, and apparently someone took all the ingredients of Thanksgiving, a typical Thanksgiving meal, and brought it to this party, this weird Thanksgiving celebration. And what it was was like, I don't know, it was like de- dehydrated and put into cap, like gelatin caps. Goodness. And it's, <laughs> wow. It's like, ugh. Yeah, that's, uh, that's... I don't know. That's I don't weird. know about that. <laughs> that's weird. I like all my food separate. I don't know about you that. Know? I do, too, where you can actually enjoy them. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh-huh. I'll have what she's having. Well, if you are still listening, uh, I'd like to <laughs> at least encourage you and let you know that uh, this is the end. We are at the end of the show. Uh, it's been a long one, but uh, just so much that I wanted to share. Just so happy uh, that that things have uh, worked out the w- way they have for the Catholic Foodie. We've got some exciting things happening uh, coming up in the future. Uh, actually, some very exciting things coming up in the future. But uh, I'm going to save that for another episode, and I will kind of clue you in on that in the uh, in the coming weeks. A uh, couple things I want to mention to you before you uh, before I let you go before you before I wind myself down here and and get off the uh, microphone. 
Uh, first of all, please do go over to the Catholic Foodie at catholicfoodie.com and uh, check out the show notes over there. Uh, links are there uh, for things that we talked about in the show. Also, you can find the Catholic Foodie over at sqpn.com. Uh, love your feedback. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, anything you do send me, I will gladly play on the show. Love voice feedback, matter of fact. That's my favorite kind. So uh, let me know what's going on in your kitchen. What are you planning? What are you doing this Advent? Uh, what are you planning for Christmas? I'd love to hear that. Uh, you can give me a call at 985-635-4974. 985-635-4974. And once again, when you call that, no one's going to answer. It's just uh, an answering machine, basically. An online answering machine. And you leave a message uh, just a, a note telling me what's going on in your kitchen, what's going on in your life, and I will play that on the show. You can also reach me via email at catholicfoodie at gmail.com. Now, I also want to mention to you that SQPN, the SQPN annual giving campaign, has begun. Uh, so you can go over to sqpn.com, and there is a donate button that you'll find there. And you can make a contribution to SQPN. I talked about that earlier, how excited I am to be an affiliate of SQPN now. And, uh, you know, something as big as SQPN, it's a ministry, it's a nonprofit, uh, doesn't exist for, uh, for making money. Uh, any kind of uh, Catholic activity like that, that, that is uh, really a service to uh, the greater community, uh, they 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 sustain themselves basically on donations. Uh, we need donations in order to continue providing the excellent Catholic content that SQPN provides. Uh, so please consider, if you haven't already done so, going over to sqpn.com, clicking on the donate button, and uh, making a contribution to help us out at SQPN with all of the uh, the expenses that they have. Uh, during the year, and I know I think I think it's like a hundred and twenty-five thousand. Is that the? Do you remember? You saw it the other day. I can't remember how much they actually need to uh, to run uh, during the year. I, I can't pull it up right here quickly, but uh, I believe it's like a hundred and twenty-five thousand is what they need total. Uh, but anyway, any amount is welcome. Uh, two dollars, uh, two thousand dollars, right? Whatever it is that you can give, uh, please do support SQPN over at sqpn.com. And I thank you very much in advance. And once again, thank you so much for being here with us today, celebrating this anniversary. I look forward to many, 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 many more uh, episodes of The Catholic Foodie and many more years of The Catholic Foodie. So until next time, you have anything you want to say, honey? How about joining me on this? Until next time, bon, bon appétit. appétit. Catholic New Media.